0: Thank you for joining us here at Crossword Church for this week's message. Our desire is to see people's lives transform as they develop an authentic relationship with Jesus. We would like to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at mycrosswordchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us and we hope you enjoyed today's message. We're going to talk about visionary faith today. visionary faith Father I pray for everyone that's listening Lord as we posture our hearts to be ministered by your word let it fall on fertile ground in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ Amen and Amen Thank you, Jesus. One of the things that we have to begin to become more comfortable with in the church of God and in the presence of God is not to be always haste, be in a haste. I think sometimes over the years, the church has been so programmed that we feel as though if something is not happening every second of the moment that we're together, it's like we start getting fidgety. Sometimes you gotta just be able to just get in his presence and just rest. Everybody say, just rest. Oh my goodness. There's there's enough stress out here. And so when we come in God's house and his presence shows up like it is right now, we have to learn to just be able to rest so he can minister to our soul. This is what the psalmist says He leads me beside the still waters. (laughs) Psalms 23 and he restores my soul it literally means that if, if I'm in this process of continual movement and my mind is continually occupied there is no opportunity for God to restore my soul and as you all keep hearing me say you can't go to Target and buy a can of peace you can't ask for a bag of peace at Walmart Oh, Jesus, help me. So, okay, I'm going to talk about, I got to get to this. I got to get to this. We're going to talk about visionary faith today. Visionary faith. I want to recap something because we started this back in March. COVID hit. The world went crazy. God stopped the world. (laughs) the next series that me and some of the brothers we're gonna we're gonna impart uh, here is gonna be called Reset, and the first message is gonna be entitled "When God Stopped the World," when He reset the world, and to help us to get some perspective about the past and the present, and most importantly, the future. It's like, what's going on right now? <laughs> So, so I'm going to start with this illustration. A reporter asked um, Mrs. Huh. They asked Mrs. Einstein, does she understand the theory of relativity? somewhere with this. Listen to her answer. She said, no, but Albert, I know Albert, and he can be trusted. Did y'all hear the wisdom in her answer? She doesn't understand the theory of relativity, but she knows her husband. And here's the track record of her husband. He is trustworthy. Right? He can be trusted. And we, you know, if you know any, any history about but Albert Einstein, you know, he made some attempts at the incandescent light bulb, didn't he? You know, all, he, they, they, there's a lot of numbers running around, but something like over a thousand attempts. You mean you're trying something that many times? Why? There was something in his heart. Everybody say vision. vision. Oh, Jesus. We're going to go somewhere today. I got to just I, just, I guess I got to put this out there. We won't get done today. Okay, so I'm just going to put that in the air right now, but we're going to go. So, so here's the thing. Here's the parallel. As followers of Christ, we do not understand, and we don't have all the answers to the problems and to the challenges of life. We don't have all the answers, but, but if we know Jesus, watch this, he can be trusted. Sometimes you just got to get up in the morning and just lift your hands to heaven and just say, God, I trust you. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter what people are saying about you. It doesn't matter what the media is saying. You have to be able to say, God, I trust you. Even if it's like all hell is breaking loose in your life and in your mind, you have to have a resolve that say, God, I trust you. See, it is faith in Christ that makes all the difference to the believer. The essence and the very heart of the Christian life is this one word, faith. Faith. You know, now, I'm not talking about faith that we teach. That's faith. I'm talking about faith that we live. I hope you know the difference. Because we can pontificate about faith. We can speak and eloquently exegete on the word and the subject of faith. And yet in our own personal lives, there's no evidence at all that we are living by faith. Because when you're living by faith, it means that you will not change your confession or your attitude and posture in the spirit based on external circumstances. You have set yourself like Flint. So what is faith? If you were to do a study by Mr. Webster, faith means trust, confidence, assurance, and belief. However, biblical faith, which I also identify as visionary faith, is more than just believing in God. It is acting on what you believe in your life today, in order to receive the promises that God have promised you today and tomorrow so it's one thing for me to say I believe God it's another thing for me to posture my life and move in a direction that's that's pointed towards what I say I believe in and the challenge with most people that call themselves believers and followers of Jesus is that there's incongruency between what they say to believe versus what they do everybody everybody tracking with me so, so so, we say we believe something, but what I'm really doing is literally in opposition to what I'm saying I believe. Everybody say, dead faith. This is what James helps us to understand. Faith without corresponding works is dead. So if there is dead faith, then there must be living faith. And that's what I want to talk about today. But I'm just framing it in the context of visionary faith. Y'all tracking with me? Okay, it is by faith we are saved. Ephesians 2, I'm going to lay some scriptures out. 8 through 9 says, For by grace we have been saved through faith, and it is not our own doing. It is a gift from God, not a result of our works, so that anyone may boast. (laughs) It is by faith that we grow spiritually. See, a lot of times when we feel as though that if I show up to church, then I'm good. I I gotta just put this out here in the atmosphere. A lot of times when we come to church and we get saved, sometimes they don't help us to understand that this Christian life is a life of participation. it's It's a life of partnership with God. So God comes and he gives us salvation and then we receive his salvation, but then God expects for us to walk in what's known as sanctification, which requires that we have a life of discipleship where we are moving towards him in every area of our lives. Everybody say partnership. And so if you just show up to the church house and you don't partner with God and his word and his spirit, you will hear a lot of word, maybe know a lot of word, but your life will not reflect the life of God in the Bible. Hmm. So it is by faith that we go spiritually. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7, it says, Therefore, as you receive Christ's Jesus our Lord so walk in him here it, here it is it's, it's not a suggestion if you've received Christ the next step everybody say next step. next step the expectation is that you walk in him well Pastor Vernon I don't really know what it means to walk in him amen I'm glad you say that we got some people around here that can teach you amen. you know that's one of the elements of the local church it teaches you it teaches us how to walk in the way of the Lord Everybody say discipleship. Yeah, yeah. Verse 7 says, Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. The faith. Just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. So here Paul is telling us, hey, the way that you're going to go spiritually, you got to first be rooted and then you've got to be built up. The problem is, I think, a lot of people want to be built up, but they don't want to be rooted. Uh, a lot of people want to get a whole lot of revelation, but they, want to, they don't want to be planted somewhere. And, and, and what's required is that you have to be rooted in God so that you can be built up in your spirit, man. So the question begs is what is occupying the most of your thoughts and your time and your talents and your treasure in your life? Because whatever is occupying those spaces, those are the things that we are rooted in. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. (laughs) It is by faith that we please God. It's by faith that we please God. Popular scripture Uh, Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says, uh, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whosoever who draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The New King James says, the last part of that just says that he is a rewarder of those who Diligently seeking, which implies here that there are many different ways that we can approach this idea of seeking God. But the one that's going to please God is when we diligently seek God. Everybody tracking with me? So if I'm, if I'm seeking God, but I'm not diligent, what does that really look like when I'm not diligent? It means that I show up to church today, and then I, we don't see you for another four or five weeks, or you pray a prayer today and then you don't try to reach out to your Heavenly Father for about three, four weeks when you have another crisis. Everybody see the pattern of what I'm saying? It's a haphazard way of I'm simply running to God because I'm in crisis. I'm not running to God because I'm in relationship. Jesus, help us. <laughs> Visionary faith is at the core of kingdom stewardship in our management of all the things that God has entrust into our care, the defining characteristic is the discipline of faithfulness. The discipline of faithfulness. Listen, every believers, every believer, and even as believers, we are to be full of faith. Meaning that as the just, as the righteous, we are to be full of the word because the just shall live by faith. And this literally includes everything that God has given us. Allow me to define it a little bit here. Visionary faith means we are living by faith and we're stewarding our thoughts. We're managing our thoughts. We're governing our thoughts. Our time, our gifts, our talents, our financial resources, our relationship. I know I'm going a little fast here. Our influence, meaning our leadership. We are stewarding our physical bodies, our spiritual growth, and our priorities. Why are we doing all this? We're doing all this in light of God's vision for our lives. We are storing everything that God has entrusted to us. We are managing everything that God has entrusted to us. Why? Because God has given us a vision. And I'm going to get to that for a little bit. Huh. Paul states to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 4, 2, he says, It is required in stewards or managers, because you you know, we don't really use that word stewards as much anymore, but managers, that a man may be found faithful. Jesus even makes this statement in the Gospels. and he says, when the Son of Man returns, will he find church-going people? (laughs) Will he find great buildings and great ministries? No. As much as all those things are great, he says, will I find faith? On the earth. What I'm trying to impress on us is the importance of having faith and visionary faith in God. So today we're going to take take a look at two men. We probably will get a little bit into the first one, who um, were given a call of great responsibility, and just like you and I, they had to exercise visionary faith. We're going to talk a little bit about Noah and about abraham noah and abraham so most of us some of us may have an idea of who these people are but um just for for um for the sake of the broader audience noah you can read his story in genesis chapters 5 through 9 joel was an, i'm sorry noah was an obedient servant of god in the old testament who found favor in the midst of a very sinful world. He's well known for building the ark, saving his family, saving representatives from all the living creatures, and what he was saving them from was the judgment of God in the form of a flood. Most of us know this story. But did you know that Noah's name literally means rest? It literally means rest. So I got I to gotta talk a little bit about dreamers versus visionaries. Because, <laughs> you know, the series is about visionary, right? So here's the thing. Most people live without personal vision. Now, I'm going to encourage you um, if you have the opportunity to take some notes, please do that. If not, definitely you're going to want to listen to this again. Most people live without personal vision, much less the vision of God for their life. <laughs> there, is much, there is a much larger supply of dreamers today than visionaries in the world. The problem is that most dreams will never materialize in the physical world because they have not matured enough to receive a plan. Hope you're all tracking with me. Let me tell you what a dream is. A dream is a thought in seed form in the mind without a plan. A vision is a written dream in the seed form with the substance of faith and the discipline of a plan. Everybody hear, hear what I'm saying? Because all, most of us, when we were 25, man, I'm gonna be driving a Bentley, I'm gonna be driving a Mercedes, or I'm gonna be living like this. We have dreams. And when we, when we come up as young children, we have dreams. And what tends to happen is as we're coming up in life, it seems as though life literally have the capacity and the potential to suck your dream right out of your life. And so when you were eight, you would say, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be... And you, by the time you hit 15, you're just saying, I'm just trying to graduate. <laughs> by the time you hit... 18, 19, you're, I know I, I got to go to college, but I don't know if someone asks you that next question. All the college students know I'm talking about. That next question, what is your major? You pray at, grad, at the grad party for your, grad, for your high school that nobody asks you, what is your major? Because you're like, I, I don't really know yet. I'm going to figure it out. Huh. A vision is a written dream in seed form with the substance of faith and the discipline of a plan. We all have dreams. And like the doc, like our late Dr. Miles Monroe says, you know, that the graveyard is the richest place on the planet. Why? Because it's filled with unrealized on materialized dreams, books that were never written, plays that were never written, songs that were never wrote, businesses that were never established, all in the graveyard. And what I want to inspire you and evoke you and challenge you with today is that you do not leave this planet with the vision of God still buried on the inside of you and drift through life trying to figure out who you are. Because if you keep trying to figure out who you are, the world is very skilled at telling you who you should be. Okay, none of that was on the notes, but you know. So, if you're taking notes, visionary faith, number one, write this down, visionary faith is to see beyond the ordinary. <laughs> Oh Lord help us. So Hebrews 11:7 it says by faith Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen moved with godly fear prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Visionary faith is certain about what you cannot see in the natural. Mm. The writer of Hebrews says this, that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence or the, the guarantee of things not seen. Listen, the reason why you can come into a building like this and you can sit in a chair like you are is because someone had some visionary faith to erect an edifice that could withstand the elements of weather and to be able to sustain some comfort with those that are sitting in it. When you came in, if you notice, you didn't touch the chair and you, you try to make sure that, you know, can it hold my weight? You made an assumption, didn't you? You came in and you made an assumption that if they brought a chair in this space that they have done the testing and they believe and they know beyond a shadow of a doubt it can hold my weight. <laughs> we go to work and we punch a clock. Those of us, well, even the entrepreneurs got to hit the clock sometimes longer, longer, longer clock hours. But here's the thing. We make a commitment to an employer For most of us, if we work in a corporation, we never even see them. Jesus. And we trade our time for for a paycheck. And it is our assumption, I'm going to use another word, it is our faith that if I put in my 40 hours, at the end of that week, I'm going to get a what? Paycheck. And so we've been conditioned to operate in faith just in the everydayness of life. (laughs) Listen, in in order for us to tap the endless resources of God, the believer must must exercise faith by acting in obedience to God. It means that this Christian life You have to exert a certain amount of confidence and trust that even if you don't see it, you understand the God who is speaking it into existence. And therefore, your confidence is in him. And so we understand that faith, it comes by hearing. Right now, you're getting faith that's coming to you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But here's the thing, we can hear faith every single day and still operate in doubt. Because once I've heard the faith, now I have to, watch act upon it. Everybody say, I gotta move on what I hear. Okay. See, when one is prompted by the word of God, or is led by the Spirit of God? Obedience cannot be an option. If we're going to exert and we're going to express faith, it can't be. Well, I'm just going to decide whether or not. <laughs> and this is what we do a lot of times. We decide we will do what we feel comfortable with and think that that's okay with God. But how many know half obedience is disobedience in the kingdom? Oh Lord, is is this, is this all right? Is this all right? Okay, okay. Oh. See, when we respond with God, such a response enables us to enter into partnership with God. And this gives us assurance that whatever it is that God is in partner with, it guarantees success. Because God is no slouch, and God is no, is no loser. He's no failure. But a lot of times what tends to happen is, we try to put our mind and put our time limit on God. And so we'll say, God, we'll, we'll do this with you. But my expectation is that, you know, in 30 days, in 60 days, in a month, in a year, in five years, you know, I'm expecting for this to happen. <laughs> you know, children of Israel, they were praying for a while. Bible records over 400 years. They're asking for God to do something. And so faith says, I'm going to not only trust him, but I'm going to rest in the fact that his response is the right response for me. Okay. I got to continue. Visionary faith enables, enabled Noah to look beyond the, the ordinary. See, during Noah's day, he was experiencing literally two floods. A flood of evil in the world, and then God responded with a flood of water over the earth. Two floods. And literally in the midst of everything that was going on, God had called Noah to stand like an island in the midst of two floods unmovable. Stand secure. Stand knowing that you heard from God. I wonder if there's anybody that God said something to you and you've been backing off because you're wondering it's taken too long. When Noah was directed by God to build an ark, he obeyed. Watch this. It took a hundred years do we even fathom that today in our microwave, technology-driven society of what it means to literally wait on God? No, God, I mean, you really need some help. Let me help you out, God. I understand what you said, but you don't, you know, uh, I got some connections. I, I, think, I think you need to, you know, uh, you said you're going to bless me financially, but, I, okay, I need to fill out the bank application, and, and we start operating in a realm of the flesh, when God is calling us to walk in the realm of the Spirit. Paul had a lot to say about that to the Galatians. Oh foolish Galatians, how how would you like to get a letter from that, like that from from Pastor Vernon? Oh foolish crossword church, most of y'all wouldn't even come back. No, I wouldn't write that letter. But listen, listen, Paul understands the brevity of the situation. And he says, oh foolish, who have bewitched you? He used an interesting word here. Who has literally confused your mind? That you started in the spirit, and you think you're going to fulfill in the natural. And don't we do that all the time today? Marriage ain't working right. God, you got to help my wife. Then you got all the sisters in the church calling your wife, telling... To, this is nobody in the church. I'm just using illustrations. <laughs> but you know, we are really skilled at trying to help God, aren't we? Let's get back to the text before I enter into a briar patch. <laughs> Listen, Noah had never experienced a flood before. He'd never even seen rain. we got to understand the context of the day. But he obeyed God and did everything that the Lord was calling him to do. Listen, since the command of God came without any specific timeline, Noah had to believe that as he was acting, God was acting. And he was no longer on Noah's timeline. Here's the thing that Noah had to know. I'm going to live as long as, until this flood gets here. That's the thing that he he knew he's going to live until he saw the rain coming. And the promise was it's not just until you see the rain coming, but there's some things you're going to do after the rain gets here. (laughs) So Noah went and he preached. The Bible said he moved with fear to build the ark to save his family. I just want to underscore this, and then we're going to wrap here. The fear that the Bible is talking about here is not a fear unto fright or terror, but it was a deep, abiding respect and confidence in God. See, when you walk with the Lord, when you have a relationship that's not superficial, everybody know what I'm talking about, superficial? You know, we go through the motions, we check the box, we say all the right things, but in the quietness of our mind and of our home, we don't have an intimate relationship with him. See? When we're not walking in that type of relationship we don't really know what it really means to walk in reverential fear. It's that thing that causes me when I consider who he is. When I consider the magnitude of how he impacts my life on a day-to-day basis. This is what, this is what Paul says. And he quoted a Greek philosopher. Paul says, in him, in Christ, we live, we move, and we have Our being hey listen this is the life that God is calling us into we are supposed to live move and have our being in Christ the problem arises when we get outside of Christ and we're still trying to operate as though we are in Christ and a lot of times we drift outside of Christ and we can't even discern the fact that we are no longer outside of Christ And that's why Jesus teaches us and helps us to understand. Listen, there are many people that's walking and traveling on what he calls the broad road. The broad road is the road that everybody is is, is flowing in. (laughs) And few people find the narrow road. The narrow road means I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to walk by faith. First, I'm going to spend time with God and allow him to reframe my mind because the world has done a masterful job on me. Oh God, help us. I'm speaking for myself. The world has done a masterful job on me. It has created structures in my mind. That's why Paul had to write to the Corinthians and say, listen, you have to Cast down imaginations and every thought, every high thing that will seek to exalt itself above the knowledge of God. What he's talking about? He's talking about that every day that there are thoughts that are fighting you in your mind about who you are and who the word says God is. And there's a fight. And sometimes we just throw up our hands and give in and say, I'm tired fighting and I can't. And y'all don't understand how tired I am. I don't want to be on performance anymore. And I just want to say this to somebody, that if you've been living and you feel as though that you need to be on performance when you're around churchy people, I just want to give you the liberty and the freedom in Christ today because who the sun sets free is free indeed. It means that you don't have to try to live to conform to somebody else. You live in the freedom that Christ has set you free. And now you have a new life in him. And you start walking by faith. And you stumble. And you get up. And you keep walking. And you you stumble. And you throw up your hand. And you hope there's a mature believer walking with you that can extend their hands. And if you're in a right company... You have a mature believer that's right there with you walking with you and you may have done all kinds of things you may even have have dissed them or however you whatever you may have done but you throw up that hand for help and that mature believer is right there and they're not trying to contemn you and tell you why haven't you been in church why haven't you been doing X, y, y? They are coming alongside of you, and they are putting their arms around you, and they're saying, we've been loving you and praying for you all this time, and visionary faith gets them off their donkey like the Samaritan did. Off their donkey and get down. Get their hands bloody and dirty and minister grace and truth I'm talking about visionary faith.